your host Jason, aka JJ, um, also known as Tweet Destroyer, and we are looking at another entry of the logbook, and uh, this one has a little bit more to say than the one I just previously recorded, which was just uh, Silent Season. But first, before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody for their support with the Edinburgh Tasting, uh, which sold out in under a day. Uh, I'm sure some of the more business savvy people out there um, would be saying that it was far too cheap. Um, some of them, perhaps with their own interests in whiskey and making money, but uh, you know, all I'll say is um, politely, screw you. This is not about making money. This is about letting people to try and tr- taste the whiskey, several bottles of, a little bit of chat about the distillery, uh, a little bit of history, a little bit of fun. And you can sit down and you can have five drams of a lost distillery for, well, £83 because we're talking about 1983. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy that people are going to get to go, get to try it, um, and I'm happy that potentially, yeah, I could probably sell these bottles more for online or whatever. But to me, it's never been about that, and I'm happy to be out of pocket and to let people try these whiskies and maybe come out with a new approval, a new sense of time and place for Glenvor. Uh, that is the main thing. And we will do it again. There, there is no doubt I'm committed to doing some other tastings. Now, unfortunately, I can't tell you when or where because I haven't got around to arranging them. Funnily enough, you know, there is such thing as the day job, the family job, uh, i.e. having a family, and trying to do the research uh, that we have here, and trying to not sit on top of it, but you know what I mean. Make sure the strands don't get out of control. Then pulling them all back into together and trying to make some order out of it. Even things like podcast releases. <coughs> Sorry, but it's still got a little cough. But it's all worth it in the end, you know. And I'm sure I will have see some very happy people at that tasting in March and being able to share whiskies and people are paying for them let's be honest and they're not feeling ripped off at all they're feeling like they've got a great deal a great bargain and a really memorable event and experience to me that is well that's that's what it's about that that really is i mean sharing is caring some people say and yeah, I mean, we could talk here about some of the ridiculous profiteering we're seeing and markups on some bottles and tastings and such like, uh, smaller measures, all the other stuff. But you don't need to go there because you know it and I know it. Uh, and that's not what we're going to do. But anyway, let's get back to this logbook. Uh, let me make sure I click on the right page. Yes, so... We are talking about November 1938, the 23rd to be precise, and this is a request during the winter to repair the discharge cock or valve as we'd probably call it these days from the number two wine still. So what's of interest here immediately is 
this is the new still of the free at Glenvor. This is the new one. Uh, needing some work on one of the valves or cocks, if you want to call it. And, you know, just over a decade in use um, so far in terms of dates. And it's needing work. I mean, Glenvor was full-on production, I think. You know, the, the malt was in demand from blenders, in demand from McKinley and Burnley, uh, you know, the, the McKinley blending side. Uh, and they had orders to fill. So there was a very tight and robust regime around ensuring that and it does seem to be a bit of wear and tear so this is this is the third still the new still as i said but the the one that was is has been lost in many books and the dimensions of have never been noted until this research project kicked off and we could identify this is the third still found some photos which are linked in the article and even has the dimensions and we even know the size of it because uh, the stills at Glenvor, they would put the size of them, uh, obviously, um, on the neck or uh, just below, um, which I still see, you still see at some distilleries now, um, just to give you an idea of the size of them. But in terms of for our history and our research, for as an onlooker, uh, 80, 90 years later, actually quite handy in a way because it just it totally, A, gives you this capacity of the still but B if the other stills have those and they have their measurements you know you can actually rule out it's not another it isn't a picture of the second still the original low wine still you know we know this is very different and you would know it's different um, because of its placing in the still house but also the style the two original stills at Glenvor, if you look at the pictures, um, heavily riveted, heavily hammered. You know, you can see all the dents and instantations where the workers, uh, the coppersmiths have gone and they've created this still. Um, and you can almost see like, I don't know, it might, it's probably like a car in France, you know, in Paris, you know, where you know, being bumped or you know, tapped from by another car is commonplace, you know, so it's got that almost wavy nature, just as I look out the window tonight and I see snow, you know, and there's almost like waves or rims of snow stretching out as far as the eye can see it's that pattern you can see on the metal, where people are just tapping it into shape um, wonderful absolutely wonderful and it's a shame we've lost those stills um, but very distinct differences you compare those stills to the third still where it's probably a little bit more mechanical a lot probably more welding than riveting everything very different anyway the actual entry um, talks about removing a defective cotton fit in a new one uh, and the exciseman, <coughs> sorry, can't shake this cough, uh, allowed the work to be proceed immediately as a matter of urgency. Uh, he examined the valve and he's satisfied it's the same size and pattern as the old one and it's securely fixed in position and the bolts and the flanges have been properly riveted. So again, very important because obviously the discharge valve hence the name, would be 
very, very targeted, I suppose, if you were looking to extract some form of alcohol and during the whole distilling process, you tap perhaps into that discharge valve. So as usual, I sent this one to Alan Winchester, who obviously, uh, what can we say, knows his stuff is probably the understatement, but um, major whiskey history buff, uh, else knew of the Indonesian distilleries during his career, and obviously is a master distiller himself. So I put this to him, and he certainly picked out a few points, which I'll just read to you. Uh, when we used to cha charge the stills with cooler liquids, one of the checks after the still was filled was to put your hand on the pipe of the discharge. If there was a leak, you could feel the cold liquid against the warm pipe quite effectively. It appears there was not a drop in attenuation, so they have caught this quickly. And you'll know the attenuation is the unit of measurement the exciseman uh, records, basically, to see, gauge the alcohol produced um, so if there are slight fluctuations uh, he immediately suspects a leak if there's a sizable one then obviously he's more onto it again so he's almost in a way the exciseman is almost like an extra safety valve because uh, certainly in the logbook what we've seen is some of the leaks and some of the problems have not come from the men on the floor they've come from the exciseman and his detailed calculations actually saying we've got a problem here and then sending out the workforce to find it and everything points to each time that has happened he's been correct you know there has been some sort of leak or issue uh, which just hasn't been as significant enough to be noted by the distillery team but because he knows based on prior months and years what Glenvore should be producing and the level it should be producing at, he can actually say there's an inconsistency here we need to drill down and look at it. So anyway, back to what Alan was saying uh, the old brass valves used to be maintained at silent season by grinding them in so they maybe were not, they were maybe expecting it not to last the ensuring the bolts were riveted is to ensure the security of someone having to draw liquid by slackening the bolts, i.e. custom and excise always required this, and the officer would check on this survey. Uh, and it is, he yeah, goes on to say, yes, it is routine of the distillery, but captured when customs and excise had tight control of the distillery. So uh, things have changed now. You know, the exciseman is not on site. It's very distant. There's trust, I suppose, you know, Things are logged, things are recorded, and bills are met on that basis. Um, there's no bootlegging, there's no helping yourself, I suppose, which might have been quite prevalent uh, during the early days at some distilleries, as we know. Um, today, that level of trust and professionalism ensures that there is no need for an exciseman or someone to be doing this level of detail recording and noting. Effectively, the distillers and their and his team, they're in charge, and the excisemen's got a back seat now. Whereas certainly in the 30s and prior, 
we can see that role was very, very different. Uh, so fascinating from that point of view. Um, we're in December, unsurprisingly, but um, we will be taking a little winter break. Uh, don't worry, we've still got a few weeks to go in terms of podcasts, but it's just a little lull. I think it gives me the opportunity to reflect on what we've done, what we've achieved, what I have lined up still to do, but also a little bit of downtime for friends and family, but also for me to, uh, it's quite sad in a way, but my head all spins Glenvor now, so when I'm working on something new or found something new, it'll work in the background and I'll have to consider the implications of this new find with the rest of the things and then we can go from there and believe me it's quite a tangled web we're starting to put together so uh, the more complicated the better uh, and the outcomes for everybody reading it I think but thank you for listening and please check out some of the other issues we will be starting season three of the podcast as of the turn of the year that seems the most reasonable time to do it but this episode is done and uh thank you and i'll see you again soon for the next one